eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Chip Brown, Horns247.com, joined by Taylor Estes, rising managing editor extraordinaire in 24-7 sports and, you know, longtime managing editor at Horns 24-7. Taylor, how you doing? I'm doing well, Chip. How are you doing? I mean, it's Thursday. It's like a hundred and something. <laughs> it's like a swamp. I feel like I live in Louisiana. Yeah. With uh, all the rain and humidity. But hey, it's football season. At least it is here. I mean, it's always football season here on the flagship podcast. And we are talking football. I mean, the Longhorns picked up a commitment today from uh, running back Christian Clark from the great state of Arizona that gave uh, the Longhorns Bijan Robinson. Kid kind of reminds me of Roshan Johnson. I'm not going to lie. But Tashard Choice. The running backs coach at Texas uh, because there's a lot of crystal balls saying that uh, Jared Gibson might be also headed to Texas in the 2024 class from the IMG Academy. So don't mess with the shard choice. That dude can recruit. Yeah, he definitely can. And uh, and it's it's a big deal for Texas too, because Stan Drayton was so instrumental in getting um, Roshan Johnson and getting Bijan. Well, actually, I guess he wasn't necessarily with Roshan because Roshan was a quarterback, but still, you know, molding Roshan into being a running back and then signing Bijan Robinson. And he set a very high bar and a, a high standard, I think, for the running back room at Texas. And I think it's very fair to say that Tashard Choice just kind of took the baton from him and kept going, you know, and uh, I think, I think that was probably one of the, you know, looking back chip after Stan Drayton left um, to take over as head coach of temple. Like, I feel like that's probably one of the things I may have gone like something people will question, right? Like, can they keep it up? Can they keep up the success in running back development and recruiting that Stan Drayton was so instrumental for Texas for and Tashard choice has definitely knocked it out of the park. So uh, you have to be happy if you're a Texas fan right now. Yeah, I mean, um, Tashard Choice did a great job on the recruitment of C.J. Baxter, the number one running back in the 2023 class, and now, and now this. So, uh, Tashard Choice, I wrote a big piece on him last this time last summer. Everybody needs to go to Horns or just Google it. Um, <laughs> Chip Brown, Horns 24-7, Tashard Choice, rising star. You'll find it. The guy, uh, fascinating story, obviously, um, played it. Georgia Tech was drafted by the Cowboys and was a really smart running back. Had his you know, career in the NFL, but wanted to 
coach and was an intern for the Cowboys and worked for John Kitna's uh, Waxahachie High School team. Anything to kind of get his foot in the door and one thing leads to another. And uh, Tashar Choice, who helped recruit Jameer Gibbs uh, to Georgia Tech, who ended up at Alabama and is a top 12 pick in the draft. Yeah, I think he's playing for my Lions now. Um, you know, you just look at Tashar Choice's resume right now. It is red hot. I mean, it is. It's smoldering. So you're uh, you're loving it if you're a Longhorns fan that you have Tashar Choice as the uh, running running backs coach at Texas, and hopefully he earns a little more say. Taylor, I want him to be one of those voices that Steve Sarkeesian listens to uh, during the games. I'm not saying he doesn't, but as a young assistant coach like Tashar Choice, um, sometimes you're, you know, you don't want to rankle the boss, but hopefully he's earned enough stripes that he can, you know, say, hey, uh, maybe we just keep running the ball here. Um, but, you know, again, I'm just saying. Tashard Choice <laughs> knows football, and and he's not one of these guys who is all about recruiting or can't recruit and is just a technician. He does it all. He, he's going to be a head coach one day. Mark my words. Hot take right here. Five hot. minutes into the live flagship podcast on a on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> and I, um, I dropped the I dropped the link to Chip's article that he was referencing. Um, it was a feature he did on Tashard Choice. Um, as you said last year, um, being a rising star for the insider, and he did end up making it free. So I put that in the comments. If you're um, once we're done with the broadcast, definitely check that one out. Yeah, every once in a while during the summers, I get a little generous, <laughs> make make the stuff available to the peoples. You know, let the non-members at Horns twenty four seven see what they could be getting as a member. Uh, because let me tell you something, the insider that uh, was released this morning is not free. You got to you got to get that 50 percent off promo we have going. And that's even for our monthly members. They can upgrade to annual and get that 50 percent off. And you want to be an annual member because then you get VIP access to every team site in the premier preeminent uh, 24 seven sports network. And you want that because you want to be over there checking out the Alabama board as Texas gets ready to play uh, Alabama. You want to be checking out Oklahoma's board before the red river shootout. I mean, what are you waiting for? All right, Taylor, we are, um, we are, you know, we got all kinds of football stuff going on. Obviously, get over to Horns 24-7 and keep up with all the recruiting. It's like happening as we speak. Um, yeah. We got Hudson Standish at 7-on-7. Seven seven. He's melting outside. <laughs> uh, we got Hank South, Jordan Scruggs uh, working their butts off on all the, all the big visitors coming in for this weekend. Greg Biggins just put in a crystal ball uh, for a – an offensive lineman from California for Texas. There's so much going on at Horns 24-7 that you, you're just going to get lost in a football wonderland. Um, it's really kind of wonderful. Yeah, and Texas has – they have a big recruiting weekend coming up still, so um, you definitely want to be dialed in. And I, I think that the recruiting team at Horns 24-7 serves a ton of credit right now, Hank South and Jordan Scruggs you know, hit the ground running in a big way and have been really, really um, doing phenomenally, I would say, for the recruiting product. So if you're a recruit nut, if you're not even, if you just like want to know about the football season, Chips Insider was filled with team nuggets, uh, intel, and, um, you know, the thoughts from a former Big 12 coach who gave his thoughts on Texas personnel. You definitely want to check that out. So uh, the 50% off offer is going on right now and make sure you sign up for that annual membership. And if you're a monthly member upgrade, you know, using the 50% off promo, you'll get your first year as an annual member um, at half the price. Plus you won't lose your posting history. You won't lose any of that and you get more perks by being an annual member. So definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, my man, uh, my man Ray is always, um, 
the Lions logo? Yeah. I mean, did they change the logo? I thought that was just for their alternate uniform. I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that was just for the alternate Lions uniform, Ray. I missed um, it. What, what probably, is it? It's, it's the old school Lions logo. And I, I admit, I do kind of like the, the current new uh, Lions logo, but um, I'm sure Ray, Ray likes to, Raymond likes to get my, uh, the chip faces going, which I know last week we had some serious chip faces going during the live flagship podcast. I'm sure we will have some chip faces happening during this, um, this uh, Thursday edition of the live flagship podcast. Don't you worry. I mean, um, the reality is, Chip, between the two of us, <laughs> the facial expressions are top notch. I mean, can't tell you how many times I've found pictures of me in the background of interviews and being like, like, I remember one, I went to Charles Amenikew and apologized to him the next week because this picture came out and it looked like I was just giving him the worst death stare ever. And I was like, Charles, I swear, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was probably thinking whatever person asked the question was a stupid question. And that's why my face was at. And he even said he was like, yeah, I saw that. I was like, dang, what did I do to Tay? Because <laughs> I covered him in the recruiting process too. So yeah, the I two mean, of us, our facial expressions, just poke the bear a little bit. You'll see exactly what we're feeling. <laughs> kind of like those Easter eggs that are planted in movies for you to find. Like the Spider-Man movies, they put the little Easter eggs in there for everyone to find. You know, our, our facial expressions, I guess, have become an Easter egg on the flagship podcast. Um <laughs> You know, we are not the recruiting experts, but we're getting a couple of questions here. Like Robert, uh, Robert is Sanchez asking, here is missing on Hudson a big deal and losing a commit today as well. Yeah, obviously the the questions about Micah Hudson, the um, you know local mega talented wide receiver. Here's the thing. I'm not questioning Steve Sarkeesian's ability to attract receivers. He got A.D. Mitchell in here. Yeah. Like A.D. Mitchell just won two national championships at Georgia and has caught a touchdown pass in four college football playoff games, two national championships, caught the game winner in the semifinal over Ohio State last year. I'm not, I'm not sweating receiver recruiting with, with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and look, they're still in on some other big name receivers, including a higher ranked receiver than Mike Hudson. I get that he's local, um, but everything I've heard from our guys is Texas Tech has been all over Micah Hudson from the beginning. And if he ends up at Texas Tech, OK, I bet Steve Sarkeesian's got other plans. He's got Chante Cook on campus. He's got. DeAndre Moore on campus. I'm not, I'm not sweating. Um, and, and look, it's June. I get it. So it's overreaction season because we don't have games to talk about, but I'm not, um, I'm not sweating that one. I mean, I want Micah Hudson to be happy and go where he wants to go and where he's going to flourish. And um, if that's Texas, great. If it's not, and it's a long way to December. I always say that right. too. That's, that's the other one. Things can change. And, it's a long way to December. I don't know if that one will change or not, but yeah. Um, well, and Texas tech has been getting a lot of commitments. I mean, it's been, it's been like Joey McGuire has really done a really good job this June in the June, like official visit window and um, you know, getting guys to commit to Texas tech. They're, they're kind of, you know, gaining momentum, I would say from a recruiting standpoint. However, as you said, like, Momentum in June, they're not signing their LOIs. So a lot of times it comes down to how a team looks on the field. Um, you know, with Texas having Chris Jackson, a new receivers coach who doesn't have experience coaching at the college level, but does have plenty of experience coaching as at the pro level and developing, um, you know, professional receivers in the NFL. Uh, there may be a kind of wait and see to see how he does. But I, I would be pretty surprised, with, especially with the receiver room that Texas does have entering the 2023 season. Um, it's pretty loaded at this point, barring any crazy injuries. I have a feeling that 
people, Texas may be turning away some receivers if, uh, if all things go as planned right now with the receiver room. So long way till December, as you said. Well, Taylor, we've got a couple of little uh, topics today. Um, I wrote about uh, earlier in the week, does Texas have enough refuse to lose players? Those players who are just not going to let their team, um, you know, go down and players who will help Texas finish. Because obviously, if there's been a knock on Steve Sarkeesian's teams the first two years, it was their inability to finish games. Um, I think his teams got off to a one in six uh start in true road games had some squandered leads. Um, I mean, that continued obviously into last year with the losses to Texas tech and Oklahoma state. It finally changed when they went to K state and played to me the best game of the Steve Sarkeesian era. Uh, Bijan Robinson had a lot to do with that 32 carries 209 yards and um, you know, Bijan's gone, but then they went to Kansas and Bijan put on another clinic uh, in an absolute route of the the Jayhawks. So uh, Texas is actually on a two-game, well, two-game winning streak in true road games. They did lose the bowl game. That's not Re- a – Regular a, season, we'll say. Yeah, regular season, true road road game. So Texas on the, on the uptick. But you want to find those players who are going to, like Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who are going to make it to where – they refuse to let their team lose. And, and so, you know, we, we talked about um, how important the quarterback position is for that. And I think this is a, this is a year where we're going to find out um, if Quinn Ewers is that guy, because he led one fourth quarter comeback last year. It was against Iowa state. He, you know, led Texas down the field, uh, hit Xavier worthy on a whip route, on fourth and goal, it was a huge play, uh, but it was about, you know, 44 minutes, 43 seconds left in the game. And Iowa State got the ball back and they were driving for the game winning touchdown when Anthony Cook uh, forced a fumble uh, that Jalen Ford recovered. And it basically sealed the win for Texas. Um, and and, you know, you want your quarterback to show that he can do that, that he can lead a drive late in a game. Um, you know, we saw Hudson card lead a, a drive to a field goal last year against Alabama, our man, Bert Auburn, who no, doesn't get any credit for the two biggest kicks he hit last year. Cause they ended up getting overshadowed by um, the ending of the game, which was a loss at Texas tech. And of course at home against Alabama, the 49 yarder, 49 yarder with a minute, uh, 29 left, but, um, you know, heck put Bert Auburn in that category. He's, he's got, he's shown you some refuse to lose tendencies. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the thing with Quinn Ewers, obviously Steve Sarkeesian would be the first person to say it. The quarterback is the most important uh, position in all sports. And a lot of times teams are defined by how good or how bad their quarterback play is. Quinn Ewers was a freshman last year, first time playing even in, uh, what, two years, I guess it would have been. And I think a lot of people are questioning just because they're thinking about some of those, you know, the negative situations, the the Texas Tech game, the uh, like, or no, I guess he wasn't in Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, excuse me, Oklahoma State game, you know, struggled in that game down the stretch, didn't help the team out in that crunch time situation. But I feel like if, if we had Riley Dodge on this podcast right now, Chip, and he heard us being like, can Quinn Ewers be the guy to grind it out and be the guy to take charge and lead the team down the stretch, even if it's come from behind? He'd be like, Are, do, have you listened to anything I've been saying about this kid? Like, yeah, I mean, the one thing Quinn Ewers as a, rec- a high school player, as a recruit, that no one questioned was his competitive nature and his leadership. And so You know, obviously a freshman's a little bit different coming in. The game is so much faster at the college level than the high school level, especially if you haven't played much over the last two football seasons. So I 
Like it has to be from Quinn Ewers. And if for some reason it doesn't happen, I will be shocked because everything we heard about Quinn Ewers prior to that Oklahoma state game was he's a, he's just a dog when it comes down to it, he keeps a cool demeanor and he leads by example. And, and it's almost like hard not to follow him. And so I, I'm, I will be just at a loss for words if that doesn't show up in year two, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I mean, he's, what um, what people saw of him in high school was, um, you know, he had that fully healthy sophomore year where he broke out as a star, became a, a highly sought after recruit based on his sophomore season. Then that junior season, he had the double hernia surgery right in the middle of it, came back ahead of schedule, probably against doctor's orders and helped lead his team to the state championship game when they were not expected to be there. Um, check the rankings. South Lake Carroll was down, you know, around 16. Um, Westlake was supposed to be there, but South Lake Carroll was supposed to be the team to beat the next year in 2021. And that's when um, Quinn Ewers reclassified and went early to Ohio state. And so I I'm excited to see what Quinn Ewers brings in year two, because everything we've seen from him, heard from him, heard from inside, you know, the team is that this guy is all in and is all about business and knows that this is uh, an important year, uh, an opportunity for Texas to win a conference championship, something they haven't done since 09 something they've only done three times while they've been in the big 12, three Oklahoma has college 16. last time they won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's time. It's, it's so time. Um, so yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers and, and look, he's got competition. He's got Malik Murphy right behind him. He's got Arch Manning right behind Malik Murphy. And that's a good situation to have uh, for Texas, for Quinn Ewers. It's, Okay, I gotta, I gotta deliver. I gotta make it happen, and I don't think he's afraid of the moment. And that's, that's ultimately what you gotta have. You gotta have a quarterback who can be calm in the moment and deliver, and and not be excitable. Um, so, it's, uh, you know, but when you look at those, you know, you look at the players that Texas has had at that quarterback position who've been refused to lose type players. It's been a special group, guys. I mean, those three conference championships I just referenced, 96, it was James Brown. Hello, roll left against number three, Nebraska. He predicted Texas would beat number three, Nebraska. He said they'd beat him by three touchdowns. They beat him by 10. It's not bad. Uh, they were. Didn't three... you ask him that question too? Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just said, how do you feel about being a three touchdown underdog? And James was fired up. Like he, he was like, I don't know. I think we're going to beat them by three touchdowns. And I was like, huh? When did you, uh, really? Uh, when did you start thinking that? Uh, <laughs> and he's like, we got a good team. We got a good team. We got good players. And that's why you love James Brown. Cause he, he's right. They did have good, a good team with good players. Dan Neal on the offensive line, Casey Hampton on the defensive line, Ricky Williams, priest Holmes. I mean, Wayne McGarity, um, ridiculous uh mike adams at receiver um just uh, fun to watch that uh and i told our new um staffer at horns 24 7 eric henry i said hey man go back and watch that 1996 big 12 title game you will just be entertained it's one of the great texas football games i've ever covered i mean it just was riveting from start to finish and John Makovic with the big, you know, kahuna balls in the wheelbarrow because he is leading the game. Texas is up three and he decides to go for it on fourth and one from his own 27 <laughs> to try to put that game away. And he does. Everyone's going, what is he doing? He has the lead. He's going for it on fourth down from his own 27. I mean, it's that kind of game and um, Texas fans will never forget it. Those who, who watched it. And then of course, 05 and 09 are the other two conference championships. Texas has won. And um, 
some pretty good quarterbacks on those rosters. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Although, I mean, Vince Young in that team won the conference championship 70 to three. That was the game that they knocked Joel Klatt into the hospital. Yeah. Drew Kelson. It would have been flagged now, um, but he kind of got his helmet up under Joel's chin and knocked him cold. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel said the next thing he remembered was waking up in the hospital and his, his fiance going, okay, you're, you're okay. Um, but in 09 folks talk about refuse to lose the big 12 title game in 09. Remember this Texas, Nebraska, when Indomitian Sue's throwing Colt McCoy around like a rag doll. How many times did he sacked like nine times in that game or something? He was sacked nine times. Uh, Indomitian Sue had four and a half sacks. Jared Crick had three and a half. And I'll never forget Texas center, Chris Hall. God bless him. He got called for a chop, a a chop block and it was an attempted chop block. He couldn't even get to Sue to chop block him. Uh, It was like, ah, we saw your intent. So we're throwing the flag. That's how bad it was. But the longest play in the game was, was a pass from Colt McCoy to Jordan Shipley. It was a field goal a thon. Um, And in fact, one of the biggest first downs in that game was by penalty. That was taught. That was refused to lose. And Hunter Lawrence kicks the game winner 47 yards as time expires. Remember, they had to put a second back on the clock. Yeah, because what uh it was something Colt, else. Yeah, what? Colt thought the once he threw the ball away, it would stop the clock, but it had to hit something, and they claimed it was one second left. Yeah. Yeah. Colt couldn't find the play clock in Jerry World. Yeah. There's too much stuff going on. <laughs> he couldn't find where the play clock was, so he casually threw it out of bounds when he needed to throw a bullet right at the sideline. But um, I'll say for my man, Eric Henry, that game is not nearly as entertaining as the 1996 big 12 title game. You'll watch that Oh nine game and wonder how on earth did Texas win this game? I'm sure that's what Bo Pelini, the head coach at Nebraska was saying too, but you need those refuse to lose guys. And I'm just going to say, Jonathan Brooks, I'm putting him in that category. Don't sleep on the uh, running back from Hallettsville. I mean, Jonathan Brooks played all last season with a uh, a uh, sports hernia. So, and he refused to get surgery. He didn't want to like be off or even be in a uh, position to where if they needed to rely on him at as like the lead running back in any scenario that he wouldn't be available. So he played all year with that hernia injury that he ended up getting surgery surgery on. I believe it was either a day or two after the Alamo bowl. Yeah. And Dan Neal told me that that sports hernia is I've never had it. Thank God. Uh, but he said, it feels like your uh, lower body is being torn apart from your upper body. <sighs> and that, Sounds awful. So I don't ever want to think about it, experience it. God bless Jonathan Brooks. He's been surgically uh, rebuilt and is apparently ready to rumble uh, in a very talented running back room. So that shall be uh, interesting. I, I, the quote that I keep hearing in my mind from a team source is that he's starving for his opportunity uh, to be the lead back after waiting two years behind Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. So I, I think he's a refuse to lose guy. And then Jatavian Sanders. I mean, this is a guy who won a state championship at Denton Ryan and is he's one of those guys who will get in your face. I mean, we kind of saw it when he got into Savior Worthy's face at the Alamo Bowl. Um, you know, catch the ball. Of course, I think Jatavian had a drop in that game too. So, um, but think about it. Yeah. Jatavian Sanders had 54 catches last year. Xavier Worthy led the team with 60. After the TCU game, Jatavian Sanders was the leading receiver on the team by receptions. I mean, this guy, first team all big 12 tight end, a guy you just nightmare to cover. And Steve Sarkeesian, um, you know, he had all those 
blazer receivers at Alabama. He didn't have a tight end like Jatavian Sanders. Now he's got the blazing receivers like he had at Alabama. And he's got Jatavian Sanders. All he needs is consistency, great timing from his quarterback, and let that thing unfurl. Yeah, for sure. Take a big step. Yeah, if you if you did not see the insider um, posted this morning, definitely check it out because the coach, the former Big Twelve coach that Texas or that excuse me, Chip um, spoke with to get you know, uh, his intel on the Texas roster, he had a lot to say about Jatavian Sanders and it was not a, uh, not a lot of bad things. say. We'll say that. So definitely, uh, head over to horns 24 seven and tune it, or read that article. Cause there's some really good stuff. But Jatavian Sanders is one that the coach really was impressed with, um, from the 2022 football season. Yeah. Um, in that the insider kind of talks about the indispensable players, the players Texas has to have, on the field uh, and doing, you know, what they do at the highest level to, to win a big 12 championship. Um, We're talking about the, the guys who need to make sure that in a tight game in the fourth quarter, they're the ones getting the team together or saying in the huddle, Hey, we're going to go win this game. Um, And Kelvin banks, the sophomore left tackle, is already one of the guys the rest of the team looks to for uh, for leadership, lead by example leadership and vocal leadership. This is a guy who's not shy. I love the story about how Jordan Whittington dropped a pass in fall camp and big 78's running down the field saying, it's okay, it's okay, we'll get him the next play. And Jordan Whittington's like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's a freshman. I love this guy. Well, he shut down um, Will Anderson, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Little, like, I mean God, now everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> now everyone knows how good this kid is. Now Jordan Whittington's, like, going up to him going, hey, man, I'm sorry I dropped that pass for you. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew you were going to do what you did to Will Anderson and and Will McDonald and Felix Anyaduke Uzama and all these dudes who didn't get anywhere near a sack off of you, um, I promise I'll never drop another pass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to have them everywhere. You got to have them on the line, offensive line, defensive line. You got to have them at every, every position group. And Taylor, it's, it's pretty promising um, because you flip it over to the defensive side of the, the ball and Tavondre sweat, Byron Murphy, we're hearing that these guys are having um, a really good summer and they're vocal. They're leading this team. They're demanding, you know, the kind of effort that it's going to take to go to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama on September 9th. And then, you know, keep it going throughout the year. And this is when a team becomes a team. It's during the summer. It's, this is when the bonds are built. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's where, you know, with what we've talked about before on the flagship podcast leading into the 2005 uh, season, you know, Vince Young had on a whiteboard. It's like, if you want to, what did it say? If you want to, you want to uh, beat Ohio state. Yeah. Be here every night at seven. Yeah. And you, you need that in, and, and you hope it comes from the quarterback, I think. Um, but I think as long as there is a, a, um, you know, a respected voice, a respected leader in the locker room who can be that person, I don't necessarily think it has to be Quinn Ewers per se, but Jatavian Sanders is a guy that can be that type of that type of guy. You know, he's been on campus. He's an upperclassman. Um, he he could really fill the void a little bit that Roshan Johnson left with him. Um, you know, going to the NFL because Roshan Johnson stepped up and was that type of leader for Texas. They have to replace that leader, and I think Jatavian Sanders is a a prime um, replacement. I would say for for Roshan Johnson. And, and listen, it may I'm not saying that anybody can you know, just uh, take off where Roshan Johnson uh, left it because he was a different type of leader, um, just a special type of character. And uh, but still, I think if they have somebody that can be close to a Roshan Johnson from a leadership and a voice in the locker room, uh, that that will be instrumental. And I think that Jatavian Sanders could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
First team all big 12 helps. What did Will Muschamp say? It's hard to lead from the sideline. Mm-hmm. It's hard to lead when you're not out there making plays that your teammates respect. So, um, and if you're gonna say stats are for losers, what he said. <laughs> yeah, he also said that. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> but no, you're um, right. I mean, only coaches can only do so much. You need to have players really take right. the next, you know, step up and take control, whether it's on the field, off the field, in the locker room, especially in the summer months when the coaches are not technically allowed to be around the team as much. Um, aside from the strength and conditioning staff, that is where you have to build that. And that's where culture, I think, is built, too. And you saw the culture that Texas had in year two. I know the record didn't necessarily reflect exactly what Texas fans wanted. But still, you saw the culture take control. And, um, you know, that was not something that was going to happen overnight. But once you saw it starting to click, it you saw more wins. And um, if that continues, that that's only a positive for Texas. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We got a question here from Logan Farmer from our YouTube channel. On paper, we should beat BYU, right? I think I'm still suffering from PTSD when we played them last. Hey, Logan, you and me and Taylor, too. Yeah, I was I was on the field when the freaking skies opened up in Provo. I was like, oh, what is about that? I like literally had to sprint up to the press box. Two-hour rain delay. No caffeine in the press box either. Remember that? It was like – Oh, yeah. That was 2013. Caffeine. Yeah, that was the 2013. Oh, they played in 2014 too. That's what led to In Eric Austin. Cooper. Wasn't that when – That's when no, that? Taysom Hill hurdled Dylan Haynes and – Oh, that's right. BYU yeah. won 41-7. to Yeah, I get it. I get it, Logan. But here's the thing. Look, I'm never going to – I'm never going to count the, the BYU Cougs out. Um and they've got a receiver who is the son of Lloyd Hill, who uh, was, I don't know if he still is. He was the all-time receptions leader at Texas Tech, and he's the older brother of Roy Williams, the Longhorns receiver. Um, so BYU is going to have a good offense. They've got, uh, they've got the kid from uh, USC who went to Pitt last year. I'll have, I, I want to say uh, Keaton Slovis, sorry, Keaton Slovis at quarterback. I think the BYU offense is going to be good. Their defense was terrible last year. I, I don't know, which means they'll probably be a lot better this year because Kalani Sataki is not going to put up with that. But yeah, I get it. I, I see BYU and I'm like, oh, 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 no, <laughs> this is not going to be good. But I think I think playing them in Austin think the Longhorns can handle it yeah I don't know I I always made the joke I I mean like I'm not saying Texas can't beat BYU but I I hear you know where Logan is coming from because I've said ever since the 2013 and 2014 games that Texas played BYU it's like Texas needs to never schedule BYU or Maryland those are the two ones just don't don't do it like it is just asking for trouble apparently and um doesn't matter if it's home or away. I mean, being at that game in Provo in 2013 and watching Mac Brown, who was the king of coach speak, not be able to say anything about Manny Diaz's future. It was like, 
well, you not answering this question with your coach speak answer just gave away the answer about his future at Texas and he was fired the next day. I mean, uh, and then, you know, Charlie Strong got punched in the mouth by the Cougars too in his first year in 2014. I forgot, I, I don't know how I did, but I kind of, like, I was thinking like, oh yeah, you know, they sent um, Garrett Gilbert out of Texas oh, when yeah. Texas played them. I forgot, I, maybe I just like, you know, subconsciously tried to erase the 2014 loss to BYU after like out of my memory after that 2013 one, but man, we could do a football (laughs) horror movie (laughs) called Texas versus BYU. Yeah. I mean, BYU game was the beginning of the end for Mac Brown too at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. And I'll never forget. I asked Mac that question about Manny Diaz. I said, will he be the defensive coordinator on Monday? And Max, like, I got to look at the, well, first of all, Major Applewhite looked at me like I had three heads for asking the question. <laughs> and then he looked at Mac like he had three heads because Mac said, I don't know. I got to watch the film. Yeah. And, and he and said Major, it so like ominously. It was like, I don't know. Yeah. And then waited like five seconds and was like, I've got to watch the film. Just oh dead in his eyes expression. That's where yeah. I give Chip a lot of crush, a lot of credit. He gets a lot of, you know, um, probably unnecessary like call outs by other people. But the one thing Chip Brown is really good at is asking those tough questions. And I know a lot of times Texas fans probably don't want to hear the tough questions. But as a journalist, that's what you have to ask. And he is I mean, there's a reason why on the flagship podcast when we have interviews, I just let Chip do them because he's so (laughs) good at asking questions of people. I'm like, I don't need to chime in. I'm good. Like you, you fire away and you take control of that. And uh, yeah, he, he is the king of asking those questions that need to be asked that nobody in the room actually does want to have come out of their mouth. <laughs> oh, I just remember Taysom Hill. He ran for 265 yards. The BYU ran for 500 yards that ran. It was awful. All right. Enough no. of that. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Raymond <laughs> Smith. That uh, it's a good way to describe it. Um, Okay, and Raymond wants to know, can Alfred Collins break out already? Oh, come on, Alfred. I mean, he needs to have a Keandre Coburn type year. Actually, all those dudes do. Um, Keandre Coburn went from a guy who just kind of took up space to a guy who was pushing the pocket and getting nasty and just disrupting everything. That's what needs to happen with all of those guys, Vernon Broughton, Alfred Collins, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, because they have the experience, the know-how. We've seen it. Once you've shown us, we know you can do it. Then it's a matter of how many times can you do it over and over? Can you do it every play? And Alfred Collins, you are what the NFL wants. You're, you are blessed God was in a good mood when he was putting you together. <laughs> and, and yes, it is time. It is time. Um, and I think they've got some special packages this year where they play all those guys together uh, in a monster line, a jumbo line. Um, and especially like in, you know, red zone, short yardage type stuff. But man, it's time. And all of those guys could all move on to the NFL if they do have those breakout years. Well, Tavondre is moving on no matter what. But, um, yeah, I'm with you, Raymond. Yeah, Alfred I think Collins. we've all, yeah we've all been waiting for it right ever since he showed that the glimpse of it against Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. Everyone has been like so ready to see him take that next step, and it's not happened yet. I mean it. I feel like it's kind of a now or never one, right? Would you agree with that? Or am I, I am I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I think everyone's like, kind of like, wow, Alfred Collins is still at Texas. Like, yeah, he didn't leave and it's now or never. And look, yeah. it only takes one good year. It only takes one good year. Houston had a defensive end named Tyus Bowser who didn't really do anything his first three years. And then he, blew up for 20 sacks in a year and became a first round pick. I mean, once you, once that light goes on and it goes on at different times for different guys, man, it can change your life. Charles Amenahu, Charles Amenahu, 
Charles Amenahu had like seven sacks through his first uh, two years at Texas. And then he, you know, exploded for 14 sacks um, and ended up being a, you know, draft pick for the Houston Texans. Now he's making good money. I think he's playing with the 49ers or he was last year. Yeah. He was Um, on the 49ers last year. And it all came together for him in his final year at Texas. So Alfred, go watch some film of Charles Amenahu and just know that that could be you, man, getting that big paycheck. Yeah, Charles Menehue, he had, a, let's see, nine and a half sacks his final year at Texas um, in 2018. And, and like 18 tackles for loss? Yeah, 18 tackles for loss. I believe, sorry, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, 18 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I remember he was one who had submitted his name for the NFL college advisory, um, committee to grade him to see if he should leave. And he got a grade of return to school coming off that 2017 season. A lot of the guys that did leave early got that as well, but they, they still, um, you know, I think the coaching change from Charlie Strong to Tom Herman led to a lot of guys leaving Charles Menehue stuck around and it was the best thing he could have done because he wouldn't have been a draft pick at all. Like no, no way. Like, and, and that's not a knock on Charles. It was just that the light bulb didn't turn on yet. And so him coming back was just so instrumental, I think for what he has become now today as an NFL defensive lineman. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. So it's, uh, it's possible. And if the, sense is that the team is you know moving in the right direction let's say they go go to tuscaloosa and pull off the upset man the momentum that you can pick up from that uh it would be very similar potentially to the 05 season when texas went to ohio state had to play at night ohio state like had never lost at night under the lights of course they've only had the lights at the horseshoe for not that many years, but anyway, Texas went up and beat a team that was loaded. Remember that team had Troy Smith, mm-hmm. AJ Hawk, uh, Bobby Carpenter. It was ridiculous that team, and and that's what Texas is going to be facing when they they go to Tuscaloosa. They're going to be playing a team full of future NFL players, and they got to believe and they got to have some refuse to lose guys who are just not going to let um, the team get out of the state of Alabama without a, without a W. Yeah. Well, and I also, I do think honestly, the way that last year's game between Texas and Alabama, where Texas went in, I mean, I'm pretty sure every single person on the horns, 24 seven staff had predicted like at least a two touchdown loss, if not more than that. And like Vegas line fell in line with that too. And the fact that Texas kind of went into that game like we're the underdog and we're going to prove that we can compete with these guys. I know that didn't end with a win or anything. I think I honestly, a part of me thinks that maybe Texas losing that game last year is a good thing because if you uh, if you want to circle a game on the schedule and you are returning from last year's roster, it should be that Alabama game. You're one one point away from a team that was loaded with first round NFL draft talent one point away when nobody gave you any type of, you know, credit or benefit of the doubt, anything like that entering the game, everyone thought it was going to be a bloodbath and it wasn't. And, you know, I hope, I think if you're a Texas fan, you hope that the Longhorns have a chip on their shoulder going into Tuscaloosa to be like, nah, we were, we were this close last year. We're not going to be that close again. We're going to, you know, come out with a win and it's going to take a, a full team effort, but I think it's good they're getting Alabama early in the season. Yeah, and don't forget how many guys were on that Alabama staff. They know what Nick Saban wants to do. Even Bo Davis, mm-hmm. who came from the NFL to Texas, but he's served on on Nick Saban's staff in the past. And you have you know Jeff Banks, Sarkeesian himself, Kyle Flood, AJ Milwe. They, you know, they still knew a lot of the personnel on that Alabama team last year. We'll see, but that helps. It helps. Look, um, you know, when you know what that head coach's mindset is, you've been in those meeting rooms, it helps. We'll see. We'll see. Texas got to play a clean game. 
they got to make plays and and you're right playing them early we don't know who Alabama's quarterback is going to be at this point they got new coordinators get them early when there's still some uncertainty in there and and maybe you uh I think Texas is going to win that game. Now, that's how I feel right now. I said before last year's game that I thought Texas would have a better chance of winning the game in Tuscaloosa than the game in Austin. But let's uh, let's see how it goes because um, Texas has had a whole summer to hear how great they are and how they're going to be the favorite to win the Big 12. Do they have enough self-discipline, enough internal policing to make sure that not paying any attention to it and they're just grinding. Yeah. Remember, Bo Davis has coached under Nick Saban more than just at Alabama. Right. It was LSU. at the LSU and the Dolphins too. I think in total, Bo Davis has been like on Nick Saban's staff for like a decade and in like, you know, total two stints at Alabama, LSU, and then with the Dolphins. So there is a lot of familiarity. Um, I think Sark. It starts with Sark, though. You know, we've we've said all offseason, Chip, like this year is going to show how who Sark is, I think, as a head coach in his second kind of like term as a head coach after the Washington USC days. You know, I think that people want to look at the overall record that he has as a head coach. Okay, that that's a dumb stat, in my opinion, or a dumb argument, because if you look at what Washington was before he took over as head co coach of Washington, it was a team that had won, like, I think three games total over three seasons prior to Steve Sarkeesian making it there and then turn them into consistently going to bowl games. And then, um, you know, Chris Peterson obviously did wonders too, uh, took where took off where Sark left there, but you know, we don't know what he is round two as a head coach, you know, the, the second, um, you know, go at it here. And so I think that you're going to, you're going to find out if, if the way that he's recruiting and if the way that he was able to, it took a while, but really instill the culture in the locker room that from, you know, between his first year to his second year, that should give you hope. If you're a Texas fan, that should be a sign that, okay, they could be on the verge of something special but him as a play caller is probably where, um, you know, as a head coach play caller is probably where his biggest question is. And we've got this, I think this season's going to be the season that you're going to learn a lot about that. Cause um, there were times last year where you wondered if he was listening to anybody <laughs> in the headset or if his headset was even plugged in, because I think he was almost on an Island and he's got to, he's got to, you know, rely on the assistant coaches that get paid a lot of money to be his assistant coaches. He trusts them you know, to develop players at their positions. He trusts them as recruiters. He's got to trust them and their, you know, input in the game when Steve Sarkeesian has a million other things he's got to focus on too. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, all right, a quick uh, baseball nugget before we get to love it or leave it. Um, I know there's been talk about what's going on. Guys are in the transfer portal in baseball, including starting shortstop. Mitchell Daly. Um, and yes, Mitchell Daly's in the transfer portal. So's uh pitcher DJ Burke and um uh pitcher uh Kobe Minchie and also uh Pierce George. And I talked to a couple of people in the program um the other day and they said these are not surprises. Um Mitchell Daly did not have a great year at the plate. He was fine defensively, batted 231, batted ninth. Um, and Texas feels like they've got to do better. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. Last year, they brought in Garrett Gilmet from catcher from USC. They brought in Porter Brown from TCU. Uh, those guys worked out great. So um, just uh, wait and see. Don't rush to judgment. There's a very good chance, I was told, that there was a conversation. Uh, between coaches and players, much like Steve Sarkeesian has, that told them where they are in the program and um, and what needs to happen next, and some decisions got made. So um, don't panic. And they did pick up a really impressive commitment from a graduate student left-handed pitcher Will Mercer from Notre Dame, who's got big-time experience, 
Um, he's been a starter. He's come out of the bullpen and he's a, you know, big, strong kid. He was a high school teammate of Dylan Campbell. It's Drake Jesuit in Houston. So um, we'll keep you posted on what's going on with the Texas baseball team. All right, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. My first love it or leave it. Texas has enough refuse to lose players this season to win the big 12 title. I do. I think so. I think so. When you look at the different position groups, I think the quarterback position is going to take on that personality. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, Jatavian Sanders in the receiver room. I mean, picking up a guy like A.D. Mitchell, who's won two national championships in a row. Uh, are you kidding me? Kelvin Banks on the offensive line. And then you flip over to defense, the guys up front, Jalen Ford, even Anthony Hill. You know, that's a guy who won at every he won a state championship as a sophomore at Denton Ryan and made big plays in that state championship game. I do think that Jalen Catalan, you know, I'm really hoping that that guy is healthy and stays healthy because go watch his film on, on YouTube. Jalen Catalan, he reminds me of Kenny Vaccaro, the way that he takes perfect angles from like across the field and obliterates guys and just makes plays on the ball. So instinctive in studies, studies. So yeah, I'm going to love this Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to love it too. I think that there is enough um, of those type of players on there. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's probably too soon to name exactly who they are, but I do think that um, as you mentioned, you know, the additions in the transfer portal, obviously are huge AD Mitchell. I mean, they've added guys that have won at the highest level of college football. Um, that's, that's big. If Jalen Catalan can stay healthy, then he'll be at Texas for only one year and he'll be in the NFL. So enjoy him while you get him. Do you think, what's your thoughts? You said the comparison with Kenny Vaccaro. I kind of think Brandon Jones a little bit. Yeah. He's not, he's not as long as Kenny yeah, Vaccaro. Not, yeah. He's more compact like Brandon Jones. Um, in fact, he's probably a little smaller than Brandon Jones. I think they list Jalen Catalan at 5'10", 5'11". He's maybe 5'10". But, um, man, does he – he he crushes you. Like, you, you'll watch his YouTube highlights. Like, he leaves guys – their helmets pop off when he hits them. Yeah, and he has, like, sideline to sideline type of speed, too. And that's what Brandon Jones um, has, too. So, if, if he can be – if he's healthy, that he's a guy to watch for sure. But overall, I think I think Texas has more refused to lose players this season than probably any time that I have covered Texas in the last um, what twelve football seasons. So um, yeah, I, I think that this is. I think it's fair to say that there are enough to win the Big Twelve title. We'll see if uh, they can put it all together, and we'll see how Steve Sarkeesian is. You know, uh, if he can listen to his assistant coaches in game and, you know, take uh, advice or tips when he's can't watch everything on the offense, you know, as the offensive play caller, he has to be looking at the defense, too. He's not, you know, when the offense he's is off CEO. the field. Yeah, he's not he's not over there with the offense talking to the players on the bench when the defense takes the field because he has to watch the defense. So he's got to I think the biggest thing. The biggest hurdle I think that Texas has to overcome, assuming there's no massive injuries, um, you know, at key positions, is Steve Sarkeesian actually allowing his assistant coaches to give their input and realize that he doesn't see every aspect of the game because he has so many other things to focus on. But overall, player-wise, yeah, I think there's definitely enough um, refuse to lose players on this roster to win the Big 12 title. All right, number two. Second one, love it or leave it with the addition of LED lights that can turn burnt orange and flicker on and off like a rave party. The game day experience at Texas has improved light years since Crystal Conte's arrival. Well, this is one of the biggest loves I'll ever give. <laughs> I used to complain loudly about the crappy game day experience at Texas under Steve Patterson and Chris Plonsky. Remember that time I, I like tallied how many advertisements we, oh. I, I made it through like maybe five minutes in the like 
first quarter or something and I gave up. So it was, was like, a 60 page <laughs> script. I was told Yeah. of just sponsor, 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 and fans don't go to the games for commercials. And thank God, Chris Del Conte and Drew Martin came in and said, you know what? We're going to make it about the fans Yeah. so that they keep coming. And what a crazy concept, right? Crazy concept. <laughs> we're going to let them have Bevo Boulevard. We're going to sell beer right outside the stadium. Uh, it's going to be a great tailgate atmosphere. Smokey's Midway, Longhorn City Limits, and now LED lights that, okay. So you know how Texas lost the ball in the lights at Stanford because you know, their lights are low and okay. Yeah. Well, Texas used to have lights that you turn on and it takes 25 minutes for them to turn on. Now they're going to go on and off like a light switch, like your bathroom light switch um, in these led lights. This is what Alabama's had for years. I've been waiting on it, but this is going to change the game. It's going to make it a whole lot uh, more cool um, and fun and festive so I love this. Taylor, how about you? Yeah. I mean, this is a no brainer for me. Um, Chip wrote this. So I laughed when I saw the rave party part. <laughs> I've never been to a rave party, but no, I mean, the game day experience at Texas is night and day difference with Steve's or excuse me, with um, Crystal Conte coming on as, as athletic director. And um, I mean, honestly, since I'm not going to be in the press box for every game i may hit up some bevo boulevards and uh maybe you know drink Thanks, some beers Taylor. before <laughs> yeah well we're up there <laughs> slaving away yeah i'll be like hey guys <laughs> but no yeah i mean i i the, it's been just a total you know 180 um change of pace with the game day atmosphere from start to finish pre-game in game or you know pre-game in game and even post game too so yeah i uh i'm excited to see the lights flicker on and off i'll say that all right number three final one love it or leave it you are concerned about texas baseball following a handful of announced transfers including starting shortstop mitchell daly i'm gonna i'm gonna leave this i was concerned last year when you know, Texas tried to give a bag of money to Troy Tulowitzki to stay. And he, he didn't, you know, his wife was having a baby and, um, and I get that, but, you know, I mean, David Pierce changed over his entire coaching staff, 19 newcomers, six new position players. So um, I was really concerned last year by comparison. I'm not because it's a long way. There's a whole portal season ahead, and I'm going to wait and see uh, what David Pierce does. But again, I'm told none of the transfers thus far have been a surprise. And Andre Duplantier said he's coming back um, and he's developing into a, a quality pitcher for Texas. So um, I'm going to I'm going to leave this, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I mean, the baseball transfer portal is just something I don't I'll be honest, like it's been so new for the football transfer portal. I haven't paid too close attention to the baseball transfer portal and how it kind of works. Um, so this is a new, a new situation that Texas is in. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I think that the, the concern for me was the 2023 baseball season being a rebuilding year, you know, losing guys like Ivan Melendez and, uh, Murphy Staley. And um, I mean, just some just monster contributors from the 2022 roster. And so the fact that Texas was one game away from making it to Omaha in a rebuilding year, I'm going to give David Pierce the benefit of the doubt. And he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I mean, my goodness, how many they've been to Omaha, what, three times out of the five seasons? Has he been there five seasons? Seven. But oh, okay. So one COVID, of those yeah. years was wiped out by COVID. Yeah. So, really but, so yeah, 50% of the seasons that he's been at Texas has ended in Texas being in Omaha. And so, you know, they, this year they had the, the opera, you know, a chance to make it there. Um, they didn't, but I still think they probably over, um, performed <laughs> like in a way that I don't think a lot of people expected this year. So David Pierce, in my opinion, has deserved, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to question what is happening with Texas baseball until it starts showing up, you know, in the win loss and the postseason um, 
you know, talk. So I'm going to leave this one too. Yeah. That team fought, they fought to the bitter end. I mean, even in that Stanford game where the ball got lost in the lights, they were down three zip, then six, three battled back, tied it. And you felt like Texas was going to win the game if they could have just gotten out of that inning. But, um, um, hey, good stuff, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our live Thursday edition of the flagship podcast. Um, don't forget to get over and get that 50% off promo um, right now with recruiting as crazy as it is and all these visitors coming in this weekend. And um, for you annual members who are monthly members, make sure you take advantage of this a 50% off promo because you can use it to become an annual member and then you'll have VIP access to every single team site on the preeminent 24 seven sports network. So don't delay. It's, it's summer. You need us to fill your football fix and we will. Um, and thanks to Taylor for, you know, doing her managing editor role at 24 seven sports and, um, hanging out with us here on the flagship podcast uh, while my man Eric Henry gets uh, some podcast equipment and, you know, he'll be joining the fun soon. Uh, but uh, thanks, Taylor. And thanks to everyone for Taylor Estes. I'm Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.